Welcome back to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. I'm your host, Wendy V, and I'm a social impact strategist here to help you build a successful and sustainable legacy of social change. In this week's episode, we're going to hear from a social entrepreneur who has been on a journey to change the world just like you. If you are interested in social entrepreneurship, this is the place for you. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This episode, I'm so super stoked about it because this is my buddy, Anthony Oas, and we are going to be talking about everything social entrepreneurship and making an impact. (laughs) We realized how much we had in common when we talked the first time, and then we went, oh, you're just like me, but you're in a different place. (laughs) Here we are together for this episode, and I'm super excited about introducing my audience to you. So I want to hear from you. Describe who you are and what you do and how you make an impact and just introduce yourself to the community. Well, thank you, Wendy. That was a beautiful introduction. Um, I, it, you know, I just love, I just love working with people. I love creating projects. I love it when people are chasing their passion and they're just not, you know, hindered down by any obstacles. And, you know, it's kind of like one of my artists kind of says this, but they have a soul, like they have the life in them, right? Um, so who am I? I'm Anthony Obas, very charismatic, very, um, you know, very determined. Um, but I'm an artist coach. So I coach, you know, musicians into finding, you know, kind of a full-time part-time path for their career. Um, I do a lot of brand management. So I take on a lot of small businesses. Like you said, they would do, like you said before, right? We take on a couple of small businesses and we kind of help them stay sustainable, profitable, through marketing strategies, financial reviews, um, you know, just figuring out the general productions and operations and the whole branding, right? Um, I do event curations. I'm a writer as well, too. Um, and again, I stepped into this game because, of, you know, I didn't get, everybody always used to tell me to follow this kind of one lane to life, right? And, it, you know, they tell you to walk the way of life. You go to college, you do this, you do this, you do this. But it's like, genuinely when things go wrong for you how many of those people are going to say that that advice that they gave you was the right advice right um seriously you know no no shade to anybody that's so true (laughs) there's no shade to anybody but like i've get i've gotten advice from so many people that says you should apply here you should do this you should do that you don't got this that, that and it's just like well is this really truly defining me is this truly a fit for me right and, you know, people tend to like, you know, fit into what's normal and just, you know, run what's normal instead of just simply like, hey, if this is what you're passionate about, what if you just keep grinding, grinding, grinding until you can get to your passion, right? Um, and that's where I'm at right now. You know, I am five years in celebrating going on six, right? So we got another half, yes. we, got another, we got another half a decade to go. But, um, you know, I, I, I can't say that I didn't have fun, but I can't say that I did have fun. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just up in the air. And that's the life of being an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. And it's there is that ebb and flow. And you don't know what the process is going to include until you're in the process. <laughs> right. And then the only time you have a chance to kind of sit down and reflect is like, I usually reflect usually in December and August. So I usually, mm-hmm. August, I usually delete my whole social media, go away for about a week. And like, no one's kind of hearing from me. Unless you text me, you, t- you that's when you hear from me. But I don't answer emails. December, same thing. I mean, I'm on social media, but I'm not really engaging. 
with a lot of events, like I'm stepping out, right? I'm zooming out to kind of reflect on me be on what being present, right? Um, so yeah. I love that. And I think that that's great advice for people to step away in order to reflect on the progress. Because if you don't look back, one of the things in the podcast season one we talk about is how do you know when you're getting to your vision? Because it's right. iterative. It's not like a, oh, I'm at my vision. <laughs> it's iterative. So you have to know when you're getting to the next step. So is, has there been a time when you did that reflection and you realized like, oh, I made some pretty good progress that I wasn't giving myself credit for? Right. I mean, even like this past like couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting there like looking at all the projects I've done, all the work, all the work ethic. And I'm looking like, God damn, I am way ahead of most people, right? Like I am way ahead of most people. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, like look at me. I'm to myself, right? Um, but Let me do a little like, dance over here for yeah, myself. I'm doing a little dance and then I'm sitting here like, well, I don't even know what 2023 is going to bring to me. I'm just like, you know, I guess we go for another round, right? And, but, you know, we go for another round of, you know, whatever the entrepreneurial thing is. And I just looked at it and I was just like, okay, this is, this is dope. This is, we, we, we got a good foundation, right? And I think five years we've established foundation. These next five years is about not, it's about deleting the things that didn't make sense and just capitalizing on the things that did make sense, right? That's what happens when you have foundation. Like if, when you have foundation, like it just, it just helps. You have reference point when you do so much, like you probably work with so many clients, you could tell yourself, okay, this is not the client that I want to, this is the not, this is that I want to do. And thank God I had that five, you know, that kind of reflection period. Cause now I'm like, okay, I know what I want. And also I'm going to deal with the bullshit, right? Like <laughs> exactly to be real, real, you don't have to, because you get to, to choose who you work with. Exactly. And that's the beauty of what it is now. So I, I mean, like I said, I love it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to offer you a term for that. It's called strategic abandonment. Oh, I like that. I, I now, a, yeah, I like that term. Strategic you take it, take it. I learned it from somebody. Take mm -hmm. it. Now, people call it divesting. Obviously, you can divest in the strategy that's no longer working for you. But right. I like the idea of strategic abandonment because it's like, hey, I am choosing as part of my strategy to no longer do this thing that doesn't serve me. So, right. The reflection yep. period allows you to see that. And like you're saying, that's typical project management, actually. It takes about 10 years to get a full-fledged sustainable plan in action. Right. First five years is doing it and figuring out what's working, what's not working. The second five years is taking that data, refining your strategy and moving forward mm -hmm. to a sustainable place. So what you're describing is a beautiful example. Of, abandonment. I like Yeah, it's, it's a great, like it's a great like the thing to know. It's a so, great thing to know. Yeah. So I want to hear from you. Um, how did you discover that this is your purpose to help others? Well, I mean, here's the thing. So back in the days, you know, I, I and, you know, just growing how I grew up, right? Like we grew up very immigrant family, you know, my family, like, you know, uh, you know, I'm raised, I'm the, the baby in the family, right? I'm the baby of the family, um, immigrant family. And right. It's just, it's tough when you have like, when you kind of, I don't want to, I guess I'm the first generation. And that's right. I would technically, I would be the first generation, right? Um, but when I'm in with me, my brother, and my sister, when we're in that realm, we are we are like the first generation of kids that that went to college, that you know, that got the career jobs that we wanted. And we didn't have parents that really helped us, you know what I mean? And I already knew how that works, right? Like when you don't have your family kind of having the tools or knowledge to help, it's like okay, cool. Like you kind of have to do it. You kind of have to do it on your own with the resource that you have, right? 
And for me, I was just like, there's a lot of people that definitely has the same commonality, right? Um, I always have a good heart and I'm always looking to help people. Like I'm always looking to push myself to help people, but the real passion to aid people into more, more importantly, finding their passion into turning into a career, right? Really came with the idea of rejection. So multiple rejections from certain job opportunities. Second was the politics. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, and I got to I do unfortunately know what you mean. (laughs) You know, know, I got to play, I got to play, you got to play the politics and I'm not a, I'm not a political person, right? Like I'm not the situation of shaking hands constantly. Well, these days I'm definitely not trying to shake hands with a lot of people, but you know, <laughs> but let's I, I, be real. Don't, don't reach out for Anthony's hand. <laughs> yeah, please, please, you know, um, but you know, like I have to, you know, you're going to have to like shake hands with people, kind of be friendly, friendly, buddy, buddy, just to get a little leverage. And I'm like, I, that's not fair. That's not fair for people that generally have a passion. They may not have the skills, but if they have the passion, like, listen, like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. You know what I mean? That's one of my favorite quotes um, to the day. So when I discovered that, when those things, when those denials, those rejections came to me, I'm like, I can't wait for nobody, right? I can't wait for nobody. Like, if you ain't going to help me, I got to help myself and I got to help my people as well, too. So that's But that, do you know, think like, some of that comes from that, like you were saying, being the first in your family, first gen sort of mentality of like, you know, essentially knowing that you need to pull yourself up from your bootstraps and yeah. make something happen for yourself because ain't nobody yeah. coming to rescue you. Ain't nobody coming to rescue you. I mean, like, I'd be honest with you, my mom, my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, they're just, they're just hustlers. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, no one's coming to come. No one's, there's no, nobody's going to throw a bunch of money saving down on you. That's not happening like that. Like, that's just not how life works. Right. And, you know, you can ask for the handouts all the time, but you know, how long do you keep asking for help, help, help until you get the help that you, you that you want to get, right? And I think that you're right. It definitely came from them. And, you know, I'm always happy that it came from the other people that just like, give me the handouts and they get the handouts, you know? And that's not the lifestyle I want, you know? Yeah, or they don't get anything, right? They don't get anything. Because sometimes isn't anything to hand out. <laughs> right. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. You got to make it happen on your own. No, and I have the same. I'm, I'm also first generation, gone to college, went to grad school, like all of that stuff. But nobody helped me fill out the FAFSA. I was oh. the one who then had to help other people fill it out after, right? Yeah, crying about that experience. Oh, that is, oh, don't even get, I, um, I when I found, you know, just backstory, I, when I did the whole college application, I didn't realize, you know, how I, all my schools were private. And to this day, I didn't even apply to any SUNY CUNYs because I'm like, why don't I apply to state, state schools? Like, I'm, <laughs> the things I, you would <laughs> do differently. <laughs> yeah, the things that I would do differently. I'm like, why would I? I was like, you know what? I was blessed and fortunate with Syracuse, but like, just thinking about, and now anytime I talk to people, kids that are going into college, I'm like, listen, go to a college that has a lot of resources that's cheap because no way you could come out there being behind five steps. You know what I mean? Yeah, and especially if you don't have independently wealthy parents who are going to pay for right. your private education okay. for yeah, you. Let's, let's, yeah, let's put it like that. Let's put it very bold and clear. Like, if, you, if your parents are making over six figures, like, College is going to be a very struggle for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, even if they haven't saved for your college education, it's going to be a struggle for them while they're trying to live and pay right. for your college. So it's, it's all around a struggle if you don't have, you're not already hooked up. But that's right. why it's cool. Now people like us who are exploring entrepreneurship, we have the opportunity to build that generational wealth for us and for the people who come after us. So right. you know, you're unlocking that for other people, which is awesome. Do you want to talk about like, how you help people, you know, structure their mindset, right? To, to get out of that victim sort of mentality, survive 
mentality into the thriving mentality? Like, what do you, what's your, what are your tricks? So, so for me personally, I was in that model, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you have, and I always say like, it comes and I don't want to say it's, it's generational trauma. I don't want to say that. Because it's not, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like up there. I mean, that might be in there, but there's probably more to it. <laughs> it's more to it. I'm not a whole psychologist and everything like that. But when your parents are only known to survive, right? And the people around you, the community is only known to just survive, right? You, you all, every day you work, you work, you work, you work, you work just to survive because you're planning for the future. You're planning for that, right? And for me during, you know, 2020, right? I had a whole plan, right? I had a plan, like I was going to do this, I was going to do that and then do this. And I was like, okay. So many people had a plan that year. Everybody <laughs> had a plan, but what happened? We couldn't control what happened. And, 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 and it just restruck, like that my mindset just got blown away because you couldn't get the job that you wanted. You couldn't get, you couldn't finish off saying goodbye to your friends. Like, there was a lot of things that happened in that time period that you had to reprogram your mindset, right? And I tell people this all the time, like, it's a day-by-day -day battle. Like, it's a day-by-day -day struggle. Like, you can't sit here and tell me that 2024, you're going to get fired from your job if we're still in 2023, right? Like, let's be real, right? You can't, like, it's good to dream that, but let's be realistic and be present today, right? As entrepreneurs, we got to be present today and figure out the battles that we face today. Right. Whether it's the battle of paying, like, you know how it goes, paying rent on time or it's just like, you know, paying a bill or it's like, hey, I might not have to go. I can't go to brunch today. Uh, I'll see you in three weeks, but we can do something for free. Maybe go on, which is real fun. People don't want to go for a walk in a park. I like going for a walk. Uh, man, I'm all about the free. <laughs> I'm all about the FBS. I'm all about the free, like F-R-E-E. -E. Like, that's where I be, you know, but it's like reprogramming your mind to understand like it's a day-by-day -day struggle like you're struggling struggle is not an eternal thing right like it, it's, it's a temporary thing like if you understand that day by day that you're making your way out into being in a position of happiness i think that's how that's how creatives can start fighting their passion right taking those small wins take, taking those small wins and actually capitalizing on them right and that's how i've been reprogramming my creatives i've told them multiple times like this is an uphill battle. Like every day, one day you're just going to feel like you don't want to do this anymore. You're going to have to, you're going to quit. But I tell them all the time, look at what you've done. Look at what you got today, right? Tomorrow, you don't even know, right? Tomorrow, you get an email that just changes your, your whole thing. You get a phone call that changes everything. You get a DM that changes everything. Look forward to tomorrow, but don't expect anything for tomorrow. You know what I mean? I think that's another thing to say, like look forward for tomorrow, but don't expect anything for tomorrow. I like that because you can't, you don't know what to expect. Like you were just saying with 2020, we all had a whole lot of expectations for right. blowing that year up. But then we were like, we're about to blow up the couch. Yeah, we're about to blow up. Listen, the couch, like, I was on my bed. I was watching TV. I was like, I was like, I have never felt so much enjoyment right now. Even today, like, I can't even lie. Like, I'm, I'm more of a, I've watched more Netflix shows now than I have ever done before. War. I was like, I what? went paying for cable because of the pandemic. I was yes. just like, yo, cut the money, entrepreneurship, watch Netflix, done. I don't even watch think I, I'm, I'm so, I'll be, truth be told, I'm on my mom's account. <laughs> I am going to hustle here. See, and talk about the free. Thanks, mom, for my Netflix because I use that yeah. joint every day. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'd be using the put stream. I'd be watching movies all the time for those movies I haven't watched. So I'm like dying laughing. I'm like, why have I not had time to just watch movies? 
And to be honest with you, like those are another coping, those are ways to like get away from the lifestyle, right? Like diving yourself into like painting or diving yourself into watching movies. Like I get totally lost in watching. Not to say I'm procrastinating, but you need those things to reset your mindset to jump right back into it. You know what I mean? And let's have that conversation about the procrastination line, because that right. is a, a fine line with entrepreneurs. You can choose to do whatever you want all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you got the time. You got the time. But if you don't have a plan on how you're going to execute your business, you might find yourself watching Netflix instead of doing your business. Right, exactly. Or, I mean, for me, I'm good at multitasking, but I'd be honest with you, the only thing why I have the TV on is to like, I'd be typing and be like, Oh, that happened. And I'm right back into it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you must I, have the same learning style I do where you need auditory stimulation as you work. Yes, I do. I really, so I listen to music all the time when I'm working. So I'm like, da, 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 da. and I'm like, yeah. okay. And it'll be oh. a half hour and you're like, oh, that's still on. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't realize it. And then sometimes I have to double back on the episode because it was like, you know, I'm watching my drama show. So I'm like, oh, this is getting, you're this like, is oh, got I'm supposed to pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm also supposed to be working. Right. Hold on. Hold on. So, but uh, back to this procrastination thing, right? Like for me, like I know that I have, and one thing about being an entrepreneur that beats anything, it's having flexibility, right? Having that flexibility of time. You can work 12 hours hard today and tomorrow you work zero hours. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the beauty of it. But time management is key because it's just like, you can't sit here and waste time because Time is of the essence, right? Time is of the essence and you're on a ticking clock because some today, this is how easy it is today that you can have all this time. Tomorrow, you can have no time and you can be left with zero money, right? So again, like every time you tick it, it's true. It's so No true, time, right? zero money, that's not good. <laughs> no time, yeah, exactly. Like no time, zero money. Like time, like again, like when we talk about financial freedom, right? For me as an, like, I think financial freedom is having the flexibility to make your own money when you can, right? But it's the situation that you need to prioritize. Everybody still got bills. You still got bills. So unless you made triple or quadruple that amount of money in that month, then you could take off on the next month, right? But if you haven't done that, then every minute you have to do something. Like you got to be active. You know what I mean? Like, no saying that you can't take breaks, but opportunity and it's the, my thing is like opportunities is always there for you you know what i mean there's people always looking on linkedin like yeah earlier we were talking about that earlier with you it's like i just got a new two new clients i don't know i got i don't know what to do but that's what you want you want to have all these opportunities lined up and you could take the time and say eh, i want this eh, i don't want this right procrastination does kill business if you don't have it like you don't have a plan or a vision right and time and you got to have time management you just got to have it and that's what working with a coach or working with someone like you and I does is it helps you refine some of those skills. So if you find yourself procrastinating, there's an accountability buddy there being like, oh, but we had this goal. <laughs> and then, right. you know, we're trying to work towards it. So how do you support your your entrepreneurs in staying on track when you see like they might be moving a little bit towards the procrastination or off towards, you know, whatever they were, whatever distraction they have going on? Well, I, I always say there's no breathing room for procrastination because there's, for me, it's like they always see me on the go. So there's no way for me. And one, you if you see me on the go, that means you should be inspired to go, right? That's one. Second thing is also the fact that I'm like, I'm always communicating. I'm always on people's ass. You know what I mean? Like you got to stay on people and you got to hold people responsible for things, right? I give people certain assignments. Okay, you're doing this for this and you give people hard deadlines, right? Like I like to give 
you know, hard deadlines and be like, okay, I'm responsible for this and this is due on this. While you are also responsible for doing this to do this. That way that when it comes down to it, we can hold each other responsible for it and say, okay, yes, this is what we did. This is what we did. How does this move on, right? I would always say this. This one thing I've also learned is sometimes the time might not be right. You may have planned everything perfectly to the T, but then always, it's always about time. And I always mention this for events, right? Like you, you, you put everything into the marketing, everything into the budget, everything and then thing. And it's just like, you do the event and it snows. And you're like, I did not expect it to snow. Like Unplanned <laughs> circumstances out of your control. <laughs> out of your control. And what are you going to do at that point? Like for me, back in the days, I used to have a panic attack. I'm like, and then I just be like so pissed off. You could be I, in the corner crying. <laughs> either that or I just be in a corner like this. And I just be like, oh, I'm just, I just be hot. Like, just I'm, steaming I'm, by yourself. Don't steaming talk by to your, me. I don't talk, talk to me. I don't. And usually what ends you cheer me up is a nice, is a nice plate of food. And I just be like, okay, I'm a little bit back to normal. Oh, but, so we just got to feed you to stop you from being a gremlin. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Food, always, food will always make me happy. All right, y'all. If you're listening to this episode and you see him with the face, you need to just get some good food, preferably some good Haitian food over there. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man. And that's, that's what's going to make me happy, you know? And, um... But yeah, like I was saying to you about that, it's just like, that's how you kind of stop people from procrastinating. You got to set hard deadlines. You got to be constantly communicating. You got, you have to, communication has to be key on both sides, right? Hard deadlines, keep showing people responsibilities, right? I always like, I like, I like giving people, like Asana is a good platform to use, right? Where you and the other person can just delegate tasks, right? Um, you know, people have Google calendars, right? And, you know, on Microsoft team, they can at least, I think Microsoft team has like the task thing and you can give everybody tasks and assign it based on emails, right? That is a good way of project management and prohibiting procrastination. So by the time the deadline does come, now you can fill the full wrath, right? At that point, you can fill the full wrath, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but even if it's not, you, you know, sometimes I think it's like, again, sometimes it might not be the right time, right? Like things happen, right? But to be honest with you, it's like sometimes you plan so well and the timing might not be right. It may have come out and you can just recycle that plan again. People don't realize like just because it failed that one time doesn't mean you can't recycle it again and it won't hit the second. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about, you said so much in here that I want to dig into, but I want to yeah. dig more into the project management aspect of, of this because, you know, when you're a solopreneur, especially starting out, you're the project manager, you're the janitor, you're the CFO, you're the CEO, you're the... <laughs> so with that in mind, we could talk about all that garbage, but we also, what I was thinking, we could talk about how do you stay on task with your project when you're trying to perform all those other things with those other hats that you may not be used to doing all that other stuff because you were working for somebody who had somebody else hired to be the janitor. Right. And, and, Honestly, I've learned to, I've learned to even A, ask for help. Like, Lord have mercy. Like, ask for help. Like, I'm literally talking to my DJ and I'm like, I, he's like, did you set up the link? And I'm like, everything, I set up everything except the description. And he was like, did, he's like, oh, did you need me help to write the description? And I'm like, yes, please help the description. Like, please help the description. Because I am like, I got this, 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 this lined up. You know what I mean? Like, definitely call for help, right? Because there's definitely people that can definitely help, right? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Second thing is like, keep it a boat with people and just generally say like, hey, I appreciate you with everything you do. I appreciate you reaching out to me as a person, right? 
I'm not going to be able to do this to the full capability of my capacity. I found out that people respect that so much, or you could, or similarly say to people is I'm busy, but whatever time I can do, I will try my best. You know what I mean? Like setting expectations. Like, yeah, cutting expectations. Like if you expect me to deliver hundred percent, that's not going to happen because I have other clients that are in high priority than you are, right? And a lot of people kind of find that very, because they'd be like, oh, I should be the high priority. Well, in this, in this reality of the world, it's like. And you may be next week, but this week you're, <laughs> this week you're not. And, or you, and to be honest with you, like, and this might sound very selfish and, and everything to be, but like, if we're talking about high priority, I am the high priority, right? Like my, I, my business doesn't thrive without me putting me first. You know what I mean? Like. I have to get my brand image right. I have to be constantly networking with people. I have to make sure that whoever the strategies I'm doing, the financial reviews is accurate. Like the business thrives on me first, right? So if I'm not right, how can I sit here and invest my time into other people, right? And not to be selfish, but it is true though, right? Because everybody's is everybody's like I don't want to say self, you know, self driven, but everybody is the big the biggest investment is you at that point, right? And it's like, how can you sit here and tell, you know, me that I should put you as a high priority when, first of all, you're, you're already like putting me as the higher investment. Like you should have been the high investment, like with or without me, you still got to get it done. You still got to get it done. Like you still got to do it. And everybody is responsible for their own wellness, right? So everybody, if you you don't pay attention to your wellness, nobody else is going to do it for you. you were, and all these, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think clients are really considering people's wellness, right? I don't think that it, mm. they just, it's more about, okay, here's the task, here's this, here's this, get it done, right? And it's more mm. about like, yo, how are you doing in the process of you getting that task done, right? Yeah. That's why, that's why another thing I think project management, we need to do check-ins, like how are you doing in terms of getting the task done, right? Like let's check in. Sometimes I don't check in because I basically have a good balance. So I, I plan out my week and I say, okay, this week, this day, I'm focusing on this specific client. I'm focusing on this specific task. All the other days, it's that you, everybody has a dedicated day. Everybody has a dedicated time. That, if that is the time I can allocate, that is the time that I allocate. Because in between that, I have to cook. I have to clean. I have to go to, I have to, go to the gym. And then I also have a social life that I have to balance, right? And let's say I cut off my social life, but I got to balance that. If I'm constantly talking to other people, and then when I want to talk to people personally, like my social battery is going to die out at some point, right? Like, yeah. Um, oh my God. You only have so much fuel for you to do only, all of those things. I only have so much fuel for me. So it's like when I choose me, it's like it becomes a problem, right? But it, it, when I choose me, everybody just blows up in flame. But when I choose other people, it's perfectly fine, right? Um, and it, it becomes, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's again, like, like sad, but true. Yes. It's, it's very true. It's sad, but it's true, you know? So, you know, um, but yeah, when it comes to project management, checking in, like I alloc- allocating time properly, right? Like, and allocating how much, again, like I strategically figure out how much time I'm going to need on a specific project, right? Like if I'm going to, if, if I'm doing a PR campaign, right? Like, First of all, I probably need like about 10 to 20 hours of just researching. Who am I going to research? Who am I going to reach out to? Once those 10 to 20 hours is up, I'm on to the next phase, right? I did all that I can for the 20 hours, right? Um, and then next phase is reaching out to those people. I know that there's a, there's a cheaper way of doing it without having to like go through the, through the whole process, right? Like a lot of people send generic emails, right? Um, which, is, which, is, which is technically sometimes the case, right? Like I'll be honest with you. I copy and paste a lot of my 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 PR thing, right? Like 
it's the same body, same body. I just change it to, hey, blah, 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 or good afternoon, or da, 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 you know what I mean? But it's the same, the body is still the same, right? Um, but that's good because there's consistency in the messaging that, it's that consistent, yeah. helps you it's out in the long run. It does. It does. I mean, like, I can't, like, again, like, when it comes to PR, like, I'm reaching out to about 100 plus people per day, like, to just to get them to notice you, right? You know, the, the rule is you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reach out to a thousand people just to get that one deal, right? And it's just like, it's that tiring. Like, that is tiring. Yeah. If you don't have a thousand people following you every minute, you know, I don't, I don't see very many behind you right now, but <laughs> where, where? Where are these thousand people at? You got to go find them online. You got to go find them online. You find them in person. Them. Find them in person. You got to keep pitching. You got to keep doing like, it's like, come on, like, let's be real. Let's be real. Like, we all are trying to get our name out there. We're all trying to do that. But it's just like, I, take your, like, take your time. Allocate your time. Like, time is, time is crucial. Time is crucial. No, I work with a lot of my clients who don't have that wellness balance and they don't have the practice of time blocking like you're talking about. And those are two crucial things that we work on. I'm like, man, if I see you coming up late with things or not showing up to calls or whatever, we're going to have to pause and look at like what's going on with the balance of your life, because probably yeah. something is yeah. off balance on the personal side is preventing you from getting to these goals on the professional side. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, and another thing is you never want to be in a, a position where some people are like, I'm choosing I'm choosing, you know, it, we're constantly choosing, right? Like you don't want to be in a position where you choose, like wellness should be the first of priorities. Then it should be this, right? But then it should be like, okay, am I allocating enough time or is there something in my wellness that I need to change in order for me to really give this, you know, the effort that it needs to give, right? And like a lot of people don't realize that, right? Maybe it's your sleep pattern. Like for me, like one of the biggest problems with my wellness is I didn't get enough sleep. Like, you know, it, it, it needs to I am like, super guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> Super guilty. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to find a balance in that. But like, you know, like some days I go to sleep like at 10 o'clock and I get up at 6 a.m. And I'm like, wow, I feel great. I feel good. I feel motivated. And that, those are the best times. You know what I mean? But I can't sometimes catch my, myself falling asleep at like 10 o'clock. So I'm like, I'm going to stay up. And got some, I'm going to schedule. And what I do sometimes is I have all my emails scheduled for the next day. And then I sleep in until like, you know, nine o'clock, right? Like, and I'm like, okay, then I get my morning is complete. I can focus on the afternoon. But everybody right? thinks you woke up at 6 a.m. that day because they got everybody, email from you at 6 a.m. <laughs> See the hacks we give on this podcast, y'all. <laughs> That's a jam. It's, it's, it's a beauty because it's like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, why do I got to wake up early in the morning to send emails? Like, I, I cannot focus on them. First of all, I, I am not a morning person like that. So. It's like you, you, my brain takes a little bit. It takes a long time for it to realize like it's the morning, right? It's the morning, right? And, you know, I think morning is like my best quietest time. Nighttime, oh, wow, I'm up acting like, and that's because I'm in the nightlife scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm up, I'm active, I'm ready to go. But like mornings, I'm like, oh, the people are talking. People are sending this, you know what I mean? So I schedule all my emails in the nighttime by 9.05. I literally schedule at 9.05 a.m. You will receive the email. And, you know, your responses will read. And res again, another thing also, you don't need to respond to everything at that moment. If it's, you know what I mean? Like, take your time, process the information, figure out what you need to draft up, and then send it out. I've, I've learned that another thing about uh, tasks like project management. Everything doesn't need an urgent response because then you're going to catch yourself in a full circle. 
Yeah. And I love that because now with the entrepreneurship in not having a manager or somebody who's like, this is a really important email. Why didn't you answer it in five seconds? And you're like, oh, I just got it. I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I haven't even read it. Like, uh, yeah. like, like it, people just don't realize. They'd be like, oh, you didn't follow up. Blah, 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 blah. But it's just like, first of all, like I didn't even get a chance to process what has been said. And then on top of that, I didn't even strategize how to respond back. Like, there's a strategy in like wording. There's a strategy in talking to people, right? Like there's a strategy in figuring that those things out. So it's like, give me a, give me a few days to really process those things. Now, if it's an opportunity that you can't get, a, you can't get again, of course, you're going to, you're going to sense that with an urgency, but that comes with the prioritizing, right? Like everything comes with a priority, right? And you need to figure out how to prioritize responses but also strategize you know responses as well too so yeah you know and it's hard when you have you know like you said multiple clients so when people are sending you stuff and you're like okay 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 i i had to set expectations with people of like i'll get back to you in a day maybe two then, like maybe two a day and a two like give yeah. me and you got to be and that's the thing people the clarity right you got to be clear you got to be very clear and I, i'll be honest with you very bold sometimes you know what i mean like very bold and just be like, hey, I, I didn't fucking do this. I'll do it two days. Just 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 relax. Like just calm. Yeah. You know? Or I messed this up and I'm not afraid to tell you I messed it up. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm not afraid to tell people I messed up, right? And I think there's another thing that I I've learned from project management. It's not every opportunity is an opportunity, right? So people will hype up this big opportunity because it's this big platform, this big name and whatever. I look at it as like, okay, cool. I, I see that as a person. I see that platform. But that doesn't mean that I have to urgently respond because of that. Everybody's like, if I don't get the opportunity now, someone else will probably get the opportunity because they're reaching out to somebody else. And I get that. But it's also the fact of, did you take your time to process what the email was, right? And did you actually think of yourself as a, does this require an urgent response? Does this require a thing? Again, everybody has this weird opportunity cost. And I'm like, another opportunity will open. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, not the last opportunity that's going to come your way. <laughs> right, exactly. This is the do or die. This is going to pay everything. And I'm just like... And you're never going to have to worry about bills again. Right, exactly. Right. Like, you know, that's like, funny. What? Yeah, and I think this is cool information for people because sometimes you're framing your thought process as an entrepreneur in the way that your previous career experiences lived. Oh. And... You don't have to operate with those parameters anymore. Oh, I had the worst parameters. I was in the government. So we had all the parameters. Oh, <laughs> like oh. every, you couldn't order a pencil without there being some sort of rule, right? So now I'm completely free to do everything. I, sometimes I like lose myself. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> so I love that. I love Stick it. to the project management basics. <laughs> right. These are the most basic stuff, but it's just like just keeping them. And, birth, and the thing is, you're not, I always think of this, I like this. When it comes to project management and being an entrepreneur, this is the thing that always pisses me off. Micromanaging and like micromanaging. It's like, it's just a weird, like, oh, it's a weird form of passive aggressiveness. It, it, it's just, it's very, it's so, it's so passive aggressive when people are micromanaging you while you're doing management. Because it's just like, I know what the project task is. If I reach out to you, I will ask you for the help. I, I, I assume that you understand that if I need the help, right? It's not like I'm messing. Like, it would be different if 
Micromanaging someone is the idea of A, they're starting, or B, they messed up on previous projects. You have to put your, you have to put you in them together. That's micromanaging. But if someone's completing the task, getting things done, where is the point of you micromanaging? Now you just want to be an asshole, right? You know what I mean? Now you're um, just sitting here for no, no reason. For, for no freaking reason. For no reason. And it's just like, you know, like, again, micromanaging all about, is I, I, again, I find it a very form of passive aggressive and just generally saying to someone like, you need help. Why did you ask for help? Da 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 da. Right? Like it's just like, oh, can you da da da? It's just like, oh. So well, I mean, not, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but in project management, I think there's that, that big like cutoff on micro. Yeah, you are the manager, right? And you can manage. You have to be able to understand what you can and can't manage, right? Like, there's no one that's trying to micromanage and be like, hey, uh, did you do this? Why didn't hey, you? Hey, Anthony, do this? that was due 15 minutes ago. That was due 15 minutes ago. And I'm just like, it's only 15 minutes, but okay, like relax. You know what I mean? But um, pacing, right? So. Yeah. And you said something really cool in there. I didn't want to gloss over it, that you have the power to choose if this is the right opportunity for you. So okay. how do you, like when an opportunity comes to you, how do you judge if it's the right one? Okay. So this is how I judge it. So I guess that's a very great question. So. Um, an opportunity comes to me. I, the last thing I take and consider, the last thing you should start off by thinking about is financials. Do not take it because of money. Like just, you have to, you have to really program yourself and say, I will get an, I will get something better. Like, I think that is something like if it's money that you take, if money is your first criteria of judging, then that is terrible. Then no. Right. Cause you're going to end up, yeah, you're just going to end up in a, in a bad loophole. Right. So that's the last thing I judge, right? The thing, second, first thing I think of product differentiate, product and service differentiation, right? Like how is this client different from, from anybody else that's in the field, right? So, you know, for me is I'm working with this company, this barbershop out of Tacoma, Tacoma, is it Tacoma? No, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, right? And they focus on CBD aftershave and, you know, kind of enhancing very, oh my God, it's amazing. That's really um, cool. Right. Shout out to my boy Hanif. And basically, yes, shout out. Shout out. Sure. I gotta give, you know, I gotta <laughs> give a shout out to him. And I was recommended from my homeboy Tope. And you know, I've we've always been in communication and stuff like that. And I've always knew Hanif. So when he dropped his line, um, the Great Shape Supply, Tom Shows Great Shape Supply told me about this CBD aftershave. I'm like, okay, let me take, let me get a sample product of the of the of aftershave. Oh my God, it had aloe vera in it. It had like, it had some, it had the chamomile or something in there. Like the ingredients were so fresh and I smelled them like, oh my God, like if you put a little aftershave on, you're going to feel good. You're going to smell good and feel good. Cause I know I don't have that much facial hair clearly. Um, but you know, I know a lot of other people that have aftershave when they shave, they get a lot of bumps on the razors. So like the aftershave cooling does a little like cooling down. So you don't have those bumps when you're, when you're constantly moving around as you know, so when I found that out, I'm like, yo, this is a problem that solves a solute. And here's the solution. Like, this is, a, this is a good entrepreneurial thing, you know? And I was like, this is it. I want to take that because I've, and, and one, it, second thing is also, it stepped me out of my normal thing. Like, I was so used to doing music project management. Now I'm doing grooming project management. And when I found out there's like, you could do so much where you can have people model for it. You can have a place in barbershop. You can have it placed in retail stores. When I'm doing all this research and digging into it, I'm like, I'm having fun with this. I like that. Like, I'm fun. And 
before I even fully accept it, I'm already gearing myself ready to take on the project. I'm researching the grooming industry. I'm researching this. I'm like, yo, this is it. I want to do like, I want to do it. So then after that, then I just propose the money. You said that, be in there. You know what I mean? And now, you know, with two months of doing the PR program, like we've been getting responses. Even somebody responded when they seen the full details of everything. It was like, this is amazing. This is going to solve my problem. I get a lot of bumps when I have to And I'm like, I take that. That's a testimonial. That is a true reaffirming that your product is definitely needed. That the PR that we're doing, that we're constantly reaching out to, it is, uh, it is affirmative, right? So, um, yeah. And that's how I, that's how I take it on. I think again, product service differentiation, think about the research and space that it's in, right? Like whether it be the company, whether it be the person thinking about what, you know, competitors, I think a lot of people forget about in industry research. And then the la very last thing is the money, right? Like you should not be thinking like you, you should not be trying to go with, oh, this is like $3,000 and I need that $3,000 and I'm going to just go for it. Like what are the other things that are underlying? How much of the time is going to take of you? How much work is going to take of you? Is this product or service going to benefit you? Is this going to be something that's going to really, that you truly believe in, right? Like I think there's another part of that is like, do you truly believe in what the person is doing as a work? Like, or is will. this just like, it sounds cool, but I, you know, I'll help you, but I'm not excited about it. <laughs> I'm not really excited about it. I generally get excited when I work with people. Like, you know, I get, I, again, I do, I do have a lot of projects that I'm working on, but I probably, all the projects I'm working on, I, it's a lot of excitement to it. There's a lot of excitement to it. So, you know, that's just be, be, me being real. Yeah, I go through the process where I think about um, how much impact is this entrepreneur going to make? And, yes, yes. And then are they ready, willing, and able to bump to that level of scaling to get the impact that they want? Because people have big visions and they're like, I want to help all these kids in Uganda. And I'm like, okay, great. But I used to live in Uganda. So let's talk about how difficult yeah. this project is. In Africa, when you're in America, <laughs> you right? Know, let's let's talk about that. Are you ready for being up in the middle of the night? Because they're eight hours, ten hours. Like you need to, you need to figure this out. And so sometimes the entrepreneur themselves isn't ready in the place for the help. So when you yeah. encounter something like that, can you give us a, a time, like an insight into when this happened to you and how you navigated it? Oh my God. So there was uh, an artist, right? He reached out to me. He's like, oh, I'm looking for management. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like, okay, let's talk about the project and whatever. So then I said to him, I was like, so where's the music? I haven't started the music. I said, wait, what? <laughs> I started, even you look at your face, I'm like, wait, what? It's like, so I'm like, how do you Excuse me? <laughs> and it just hit me. And I'm just like, wait, so you want someone to manage you, but there's no product? It's called music. So I was already like, huh? like, and so he's like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to, and, and I'm like, you want, but did you do like, I like you want, but did you do like, you know what I mean? Like you want to be a, an artist, but then this is like, I asked you for the music. And you're like, it's not there. I'm, I'm, one, I'm working on my first song. And I'm like, come back to me when you got the first song. Right. So then, you know, and then I guess the person felt some type of way and I never, then the person never reached out to me. I ended up finding out that the first from another person that they he was, they said that I'm a dickhead, which I I mean, I'm not wrong for what I did, but like maybe my approach was wrong. But like, I mean, to be honest with you, what am I managing? Like, this one's like, what am I managing if there's no product? It's in so true. <laughs> like, what am I managing? Like, we're just like at that point, we might as well just be friends and, and grab lunch at that point. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, like, 
there was no, there was no point of like conversation. Like I had to dead it very quickly because it is like, again, and if you take money from him, like since say you took it and you took money from him, he might've been unsatisfied with the service he got and it wasn't your fault. He didn't have a product to sell. Yeah. I mean, but there are people like, there are people like that, right? There are people that are very, uh, and somebody used it to yesterday when we was in the middle of conversation. Now I want to say predatorial, right? It's just like, they just, they just eat off these people, just eat. It's like, because they, and, and I don't know what the term is, but they know how to, they know how to play on people's wants, right? And their fears. Uh, and their fears. Yes. I think, yeah, there you go. Their fears, right? It's like, okay, I know for, and this is seen a lot in the music industry. It's like, I have this big radio station, right? I have this big radio station. You pay me $800 and I will have your song spent. I will have your $800 spent. For most people, they like, oh, I want that. That's big. I'm going to get my name out. I'll pay the $800. So you see that that's a warrant from people, right? Or it, and then the fear part is, the fear is you will never get this opportunity to be on this big radio station if you don't pay the $800. And, it, and it's sad. It's really, really sad to see how people really, and people willing to pay for it, right? I mean, you know, I, I've studied behavior economics so much, but it's real, I, and I have really taken consideration of this. It's like, why do people spend, right? And people sometimes spend because they're fearful of what is, they're fearful that this opportunity might not come again, or they're fearful that this is the only time this is going to happen. Right? I, or, and they, and then, and. But marketing has been structured that way. It's like, it's smart. Yes. And it, it's structured like that. Marketing is It's something that marketing pushes. It's, it, and it, and it pushes that, right? Like it, it pushes that because this is like, if you can play on that, you can then be able to make a sale. Like, you know, and that's why this game is more about like mindset and just saying, yo, no, I, I, I'll get there when I get there. Right. Like I'll get there when I get there. Or like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to know for a fact this $800 can be used for something else. I'm, I'm going, I'm going right. Marketing. And again, I studied marketing for four years in Syracuse. Right. I still, like, I still read books on marketing. Right. Like the tipping point by Glad by Godwell, like all these all these entrepreneurs, all these like big marketing people. Man, I've gone and, back to some old school books too. Man, <laughs> no, like, to learn like the roots. So where did this so, even come from? <laughs> where did this come from? And you start and like some of them have come from war. Some of them have come from like certain things. Like it, it's just interesting. But some the of the Great they, Depression. The Great Depression. The Great Depression. Oh my God. I didn't even like and, and everybody was just like, and I realized how much hysteria, right? Like during that time period of like how you could play on people's hysteria to then be able to like capitalize, capitalize on more money for yourself. Right. Um, it, I mean, we just came, I mean, you know, the, I don't know if we're in, I don't know what the situation, but even the pandemic situation, like people have learned how to capitalize over people's hysteria and, and, and pandemic just to make more money. And it's just like, wow, this is, this is very interesting. Right. Um, so and hard to to as a consumer differentiate between sometimes the people who are legit like you and I telling you like no we'll work with you through the process the prog- the process is going to be organic and it's going to progress when it needs to but you want a shortcut that I can't guarantee you is going to happen or be there or work <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so it's true it doesn't it's mean true. you can skip doing the work <laughs> yeah you can't skip you can't skip the process everybody wants to skip everybody wants and that's another thing I think uh, and it's the, it's scarcity and time too, right? You talked about that as a great point about scarcity. Scarcity of time. People think like, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to live long. 
I'm not going to be, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to live long. So I've got to do it now. And it's just like, what do you, what do you fear? What do you, what is the real fear there? Right. What is the real fear there? Right. Like, to be honest with you, I can generally think like if I die today, God forbid, like I am happy with where I'm at right now. Like I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy. I've done everything that I could. You know what I mean? Like I wrote a book. I, you know, I, I, I've traveled to London. I've stayed, you know, I've traveled all around the States. You know what I mean? I've lived in DC. I did the life that it was presented for me to do. Like, so there's no fear. There's no fear of like, you know, I gotta, you know, uh, I gotta do everything like I did. It was like, what's that movie? Um, what's her name? Queen Latifah did. It's like, she had like 24 hours to live. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. And she, like, cool. she wiles out. <laughs> she just goes crazy. Yeah. And she went for the 24 hours and she just starts doing all of these things. All the things. Like, it's not even possible to do that many things in 24 hours. It's yeah, like, crazy. It's crazy. But like she just does all these things in 24 hours. And like for me, I just look at that movie as, like I said, I always look at movies and, and the, like the reference point, right? Like, and I'm like, yo, why didn't you do this when the news of 24 hours didn't come up, right? Like, why didn't you live your fullest? And that's basically what I got from that movie. Like, why didn't you live your fullest? Why did they have to take the news to be like, oh my God, that another lot. And now you, you're in fear and you got to do everything you got to do, right? Like you should be yeah. doing everything you want to live now, right? Well, and especially now. if you're living to build the legacy, right? If you're living to, right. to build the legacy, this is kind of how I describe it to people, then you're going to get to where you get to, but you need to make sure that you're setting up that legacy while you while you have the health and the ability, you know, mental cognition ability to do so. Mm-hmm. If something happens and suddenly you're, you know, a vegetable, like your your legacy is what it is right now. <laughs> it is what it is right <laughs> it is now. Right this moment, right now. And you can't change, like you can't change it. So like you gotta live, you gotta live your best life. You gotta live your best life. And the only way to live your best life is to say, and like going back to this, when we first started, that mindset is that mindset of, yo, today is the day and I'm going to live the fullest for today. Like tomorrow brings what I don't know, but it's, it, 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 we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Like yesterday it was completely raining in New York. Today is completely sunny, right? Yesterday I was like, I don't even want to leave my house. And now today I'm like, oh. I got to get some sunlight. I got to get some fresh air. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I love well, it. Well, a sunny it. day in New York after a gloomy day in New York is like spring just came. And like, yep. and <laughs> spring just came. And I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, yesterday I'm walking in the middle of the street and I'm like, it, I, I said, I was like, I see. And this, I felt so bad because there was a five-year-old next to me. I'm like, it's fucking snowing in New York. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just started saying, and I'm like, oh my God, there's a five-year-old kid. I'm like, oh. Ears. <laughs> yeah, earmuffs, earmuffs, sorry. Earmuffs, yeah, and I'm just like, earmuffs. And, but then it's just like that. Like, you don't know what to expect on the day-to-day, you know? So Let's have that conversation about the, about the cussing in your content. Because I think that this is something that I, you know, I cuss like a sailor if you met me. <laughs> like, in <laughs> real life, to be like that girl. But legit, one of the things that saved my life when I was traveling in Africa was cussing. I had to cuss out a grown man who had me by the arm and was about to abduct me. And everybody around stopped in this taxi park and looked at him. And that was how he was like, what are you doing to this white lady? Why is she cussing you out? We don't cuss in Uganda. Why are we hearing these words right now? And they stopped and saved me. So to me, I'm like, live and say the way you're going to say. But now... Something's changed in our society about censorship where you can talk a little bit. So you're in the arts. So can you talk on this? Like, what is your perspective of all this? Well, I, 
And it goes back to this idea of, um, you know, I'm going to say the two words, cancel culture. That's it. It's really, it's really what it is. You know what I mean? And um, you had to say it. <laughs> I had to say it because it's like, you know, it's like people, it's censorship and everybody and everybody's talking about like what should be said and what should be regulated to be said. Right. Because everybody, and even everybody thinks they have a platform, right? Like everybody on the platform, they feel like they have to say they have an opinion. But no one's, no one's bringing up facts and to support that opinion in terms of what they are, right? So for me, custom for me, fully expressed how I, yeah, it fully expressed how I feel. Like if I, if I give, if I, if, and sometimes it's reactionary, but that's just how I feel, right? Like if I'm like, fuck, hey, fucking, hey, like you're fucking, hey, like you're a fucking asshole, right? Like I'm expressing anger. Like I'm fully expressing anger. I'm fully expressing things. Only thing that doesn't, uh, the only thing that you can't be fully expressing is hatred, right? You know what I mean? Let's keep it a stack, right? Like, you can't sit here and be like, oh, I have a platform. I can express hate. Like, no, like, that doesn't work like that, right? But if I feel a certain anger, if I feel, like, happy, I should be able to fully express my, my I should be able to fully express. But it should not become at a detriment to other people. That's what it should, it should be. And I think as a society, we should, you know, be better at communicating how it hurts, right? How it hurts. Where's the pain point, right? Where is the pain point and why is it painful? Like, you know, it's, it, it, with censorship, I think there's that sensitivity, right? There's that sensitivity part where it's like, oh, censor all things bad. Censor all things, you know, that's not good. And it's just like, well, we're not really having those uncomfortable conversations now, right? We're not really kind of understanding, yo, why is this person ignorant? Why is this per why is this such thing bad? Because there's an educational part to a lot of, you know, cussing and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, a, there's an education. And also sort of cancels people's lived experience. Right? Yes. <laughs> so if you come from a certain area or a certain neighborhood or a certain place where that's normal, how you speak, that in your vernacular day to day, you're kind of canceling their ability to express themselves in a way that's normal for their experience. Right. Exactly. No, and, you have, and you have to understand. And that's, I think, again, it's all back to the sensitivity thing, right? It's like you have to be able to understand like, yo, I'm confused. Like, I'm like, sometimes you can look at them like, I'm confused. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like, I know this is such a big thing now. It's like when, like, Sp like Spanish people, like, pass and uses the N word, right? And it's, you know, oh, yeah. Like, can we have like, this discussion? Cause I'm still okay. confused. I get, when my, when my African American and black friends start using the N word, I look at them and I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. what am I supposed to do, deer in the headlights? <laughs> no, but it's like, for me, it's like, so for me, it's like, it's so, it's too, that again, I'm not playing devil's advocate of like, who should say, who shouldn't say it. Like, I, I, I shouldn't be that person. Like, I've known people that are like very like clear or whatever that drops the N-word like, like crazy. You know what I mean? And I, and I sit there, I'm like, so do you have any like Afro descendants? Do you have like, are you black? Like, I get this, I get, and it, it's a blurred line and it's just like. Then it's just like I always like be like, so who gets the N word pass and who does? And like, and this is the thing about you know, I don't know, but I think if you have experienced oppression and being a black person, then you can use it. Right, <laughs> and that's my rule. If because I have like six percent African DNA, but that doesn't mean that I've experienced anything like what it means to be black or be African American and be right. discriminated with oppression and all those things. So. I don't think I get the pass, right? And I woke right. up with that. Right. And then I'm just like, I'm just like, again, these days I'm like, and for me, it's like, I disengage those conversations very quickly because it's just like, I'm like, even me personally, I'm like, uh, I, I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know what's the generic rubric 
Like everybody has their own like rubric for things, right? Like what should be like this should not be said or like da da da. And I'm just like, I, I'm I, for me, I'm just like, is that person coming from a per like for me? I react if it's coming from a place of hate. You know what I mean? Or if it's a place of cultural appropriation. You know what I mean? Like I swear, I gotta step in and be like, yeah, no, we we gotta cut this out. You know what I mean? But for me, I'm just like. I, and it was just like, yo, they, they, that person grew up in this area that it's just like, so the people in that area was like, that's accepted. And then I'm like, it becomes so like all over it's the so place. It's so confusing. And it, it it's is. It's so and, confusing. And, and then people are like, no, you, you're not supposed to. And you're, you're okay. Like it, it, it's really confusing. So I just, I, I usually am like, let's just not say. It's come to a consensus of like, yeah, let's just not say it and just keep it pushing. The word like, just has such a connotation with it. Like, let's just try and not say yeah, it in like, general. And if it comes yeah. out because that's your lived experience, okay, cool. I'm going to not like freak out about it. But if you're like, like you said, there's something wrong here with you saying it, I am going to look at you, not with the confused face, but with the, you know, oh, like, hello you know suspect I mean? face. <laughs> All right, you know what I mean? So I just, like I said, like, those type of things, like even like me, like even as a man, like I'd be like, I'd be like using the B word, like bitch, you know what I mean? Like, like for me, like I use like, oh, that's my bitch. Like that as like a very friendly term, but then it's like, I could use the B word to be very like, you know, very like demeaning and very like an asshole to a woman. It's just like, uh, like then you look and then you look at me and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I just be like, I'm not going to just use the word because everybody takes things differently, interpretation, right? And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick to my 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 general my general words that I usually say. So it's fuck you, you're an asshole, uh, and then I mean, and shit. I always gotta use shit. Like, come on, um, shit. I, <laughs> do, I do. And in my brand, I made it normal for me to cuss because I was just like, I can't. It's too much brain space for me to not go. Oh shit, in the middle of something, right? It, it, that's yeah. just my normal reaction. So you're gonna <laughs> hear me say that. And the also thing is also, I'm not in school anymore, right? And I think like this idea of vernacular being very proper and very Western is just like, no, I can't do it. Like, I think there's when every, there's, there's, when you could teach people how to speak slang, when you teach people how to speak a different language, you're also teaching people another form of culture, right? Like I know for a fact, whenever I go to Cali, I use folk show. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. I just said hella earlier, and that's a Kelly thing. So yeah. Oh, yeah so, you know what I mean? Like that's just that's but that's part of the culture, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's slang. And you for you, you might again you 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 don't want to be always reactionary, right? Like you want to be able to process and understand it. Like, is this part of someone's culture? Is this how someone like you have to be able because I think these days we're very reactionary, right? As 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 a society, we're very reactionary to things instead of hold on, let me process what's going on. And then let me, then let me interpret what it is. You know what I mean? Like, we always, and again, we're always on a go, go, go. Like, we, like literally understand the process, then react, right? Like, or have the information. Like, I don't, like, again, me disengaging in conversation sometimes, it's not from, it's not for me saying I don't like the conversation, but it's me just like, let me avoid reacting to the situation because I might be interpreting in this wrong way or they might be interpreting the wrong way, right? And step back, ask questions, and then I'll, I'll offer my reaction in a more educated way, you know? Yeah, um, and I think as entrepreneurs, like you, you, like you were saying before, you have the ability to take that space, right? To step back right. and say, I don't need to respond at this very moment. I can respond like when I have the right words for this or when I have, I have right less emotion or whatever it yeah, is. <laughs> like, 
I'll be honest with you, that has helped me so much, so many times in business, especially like this lot, like these last two weeks, you know, because I had a client literally just talking dirt behind my back. Like it was smiling my face, like, hey, da, 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 da. and then, you know, my, you know, my boss, you know, literally came at me and I'm coming at my boss, but then I'm just like, wait, hold on. The common denominator were the people that literally just started this whole conversation. It wasn't, you know what I mean? So we just said to ourselves, we're not, so me, you know, I apologize, he apologized. We were like, we're never going to have this happen again. We figure out a strategy now. Now that way that no one can mess with us. You know what I mean? If anything, you just made us stronger. So you, so you might have defeated your purpose here, but. <laughs> exactly. You might have defeated your purpose. Like, like, you know, and again, but the thing is in that thought process, I was like, Oh, you know, I was telling, I was telling my, my co, my colleague, I'm like, I was thinking about, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving. We was in the middle of conversation. I'm like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, da, 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 da. And after that, I was like, you know what? Have this conversation. Right. And I told him where he was, where he was wrong at. And then we communicated. And then it was like, oh, I see your point. And that I'm wrong for not hearing you out first. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm not always right, but I told you so. <laughs> No, I mean, no one's ever always right. You know, that's the, exactly. that's the thing is I think we all have our own perception of when we're right. But right, even yeah. sometimes when we think we're right, we may not be right. Of course, of course. That's awesome. Well, I know it's been a while. I want to make sure I get this episode wrapped up in a nice way because we've had such a lovely conversation. Great conversation. Great I, conversation. You and I could talk for like four hours oh, and people are God. like not going to listen to a four-hour podcast. But I'm sure they've gotten an earful throughout what we talked about. I want to get back to the um, who do you serve and how can people connect with you? So if you can give a brief um, informational tip of to people who might be interested after hearing you and what you talk about and how you work, if they're interested in working with you, what can you do to help people and how can they reach you? What's the best yeah, way? The best way, I mean, legit, the best way is to reach me, um, Anthony Obas. I'm on all social media platforms. Um, you can reach me there, anthony.obas at gmail.com. Um, you know, I have my website, www.guidedbyobas.net. So if you go on a contact information box, fill it out, and then you can reach out to me there. Um, I look to serve all creatives, right? Um, and so also all small businesses, right? And again, the goal of us is to take what you're passionate about, take the product, take the service that we get, and transform it into a profitable, sustainable um, you know, profit a sustainable model that it, that way it inspires people to constantly come, come by, but it also inspires people to constantly like see value with the product that you serve. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a good way to wrap it up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and spending this hour with me. I feel so, feel so pleased that you took all the time out of your busy schedule to be here, but also just to share all this knowledge with our audience. So I'm super excited to have you, Anthony. Thanks for listening, podcast listeners. Thanks for watching, those of you who are watching. And um, we'll be back with another episode. So take care and thank you for being here, Anthony. Thank you so much, Wendy. Love everybody. Peace. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. It's been awesome to interview today's guests, and I hope that you leave inspired to take action. If you're looking for any of the information we spoke about, it's probably down in the show notes. Make sure that you're checking them out and you're clicking on any of the links that seem exciting to you. If you are looking for a coach or a consultant to help you with your social impact or your sustainability, reach out to me via my website, hop on my email list, or jump into one of my programs. All of the links are below. So excited to have you as part of the collective. Make sure that you come back and join us for another episode next week.